Awesome. Thank you, Dev, for the intro. And likewise, thank you all for taking the time to attend today's training. Uh, I've had a lot of fun cooking this use case up, and I'm really thrilled to see that many of you are completely new to Omicsoft Studio. So I look forward to introducing uh, both the software and just the content that you can access. In terms of the training itself, I do want to stress that this is meant to be you know, as interactive as a Zoom webinar can be. So if you have questions during the talk, please go ahead and ask them in the Q&A box. Uh, and the Q&A box is preferred over the chat because that way we can keep track and answer live uh, without interrupting the presentation. I'll also be sure to pause for some question breaks so that we can go ahead and answer some of those questions live. Also, um, as Dev mentioned, the recording is going to be available to watch on demand. So after about two hours or so, if you want to view the webinar again, just go ahead and click on the registration link. You'll probably have to re-enter your information, but it will let you view that webinar on demand for the next month. Also, something that I love pointing out is that if you are a licensed user of Ingenuity Pathway Analysis, Omicsoft Studio, or any of our other data products, follow-up help is included with your license. So here, I've given two important email addresses, both my own, as well as Kartik's. Kartik uh, is uh, someone who is responsible for making sure people get up and running with Omicsoft Studio. So he can always uh, arrange and schedule training with either myself or other members of the team. And that training can be totally custom. So with that, I'll go ahead and give just a super brief overview of the kinds of things that we will be doing today. So here I have the agenda, but before I even do that, I just want to go ahead and introduce a handful of the key uh, illustrations of what we'll be doing. So first, what information is available uh, in TCGA? It turns out there's a lot. They've curated tons of different metadata, clinical metadata from uh, there's tens of papers and all of that is spread across uh, many different cancer types. And one of the pieces of information that they've published is they believe that there are six overall host immune responses to cancer. And they created these clusters to categorize them. They annotated all of their samples with this. And they also uh, identified a network of genes that they think is responsible for these host immune responses. And when I mentioned that they annotated all of their samples, here I'm showing within Omicsoft Studio the distribution of all of those samples. I have a really cool use case with low-grade glioma because as you can see, that's really weird. But today, instead, I'm going to be talking about head and neck squamous cell carcinoma. And here you can see most everything is related to cluster one or cluster two host immune responses. And the reason that this is important is using Omicsoft Studio, we can really easily paste a list of genes 
that we want to look for uh, and see whether or not they're differentially expressed across any custom cohorts we select. And here, that cohort is head and neck squamous cell carcinoma samples in TCGA divided by either cluster one or cluster two host immune response. And once I look at all of these genes, I can very quickly and easily look at differential expression in all of these samples. And that is showing that some of these factors, some of these immunomodulators that I pasted in, do have differential expression between those immune groups. So here I've drawn a box around CCL5. And from experience that CCL5 definitely does a lot of interesting uh, things with immunology and cancer. So I wanted to see what else was co-expressed in these same cells. Again, using Omicsoft Studio, it's very easy to create correlation plots. And here I'm showing all of the genes that we have annotated. So all 30, 50,000 genes. And here we're showing which ones correlate with CCL5 in that same cohort of samples. And this is where I'm able to see very clearly that lag three has significant correlation. So if I'm interested in following up and looking at lag three in more detail, I can determine whether or not it is uh, a biomarker for the pan-cancer host immune response. In this case, every plot here is lag three. And I am currently just sorting these by p-value across different cancer types. And this is where you can see lag three is in fact a biomarker, not only in HNSC, but other cancers. And likewise, using TCGA, it's really easy to perform survival curve analysis to see in which cancers does lag three expression have a significant impact. The last thing that I'll talk about today is how to get the most out of single cell data. And this is where, again, using Omicsoft, you have access to a ton of different studies and you can easily search across them. And here, I'm just showing what CCL5 expression happens to look like in one such experiment. And this is where I can very easily overlay across that same experiment a different genes expression like lag3. And ultimately the goal here would be to compare and contrast which cell clusters are expressing what. So with that, in terms of the agenda, I do want to briefly introduce what the curated data is that uh, powers Omicsoft Studio. Uh, since it's really important to understand where does this data come from, what do you have access to? And then I split the talk into essentially two sections. The first section is getting started with TCGA. So this is going to be entirely bulk RNA-seq data. And then the last portion of the talk is going to entirely be single cell data. So our goal, again, is to find a potentially new interesting biomarker, in this case, lag3. And once we find it, we want to validate it using both TCGA as well as single cell data. So first, that introduction to uh, the content. So 
I want to get through these intro slides as quickly as possible because the software is way more fun. But I do like pointing out that about a third of the time when we look at public data sets, there's some sort of mistake. I know when I was a grad student, I was working on K562 cells. And when I uploaded my chipseq to Geo, I just dragged and dropped in Excel. And now I have K563, K564, K565. These mistakes are really easy for a scientist to find, but it requires you to dig in and look at the metadata tables for every single experiment or study that you're looking at. Not only do you not have time for that, machine learning or AI isn't going to help you either. You really need someone to manually curate those samples. And that is essentially what Kyogen does. We take the time to manually curate research findings to create relationship networks in IPA. We curate omics data in Omicsoft, which is what we'll be using today. And we also happen to curate variant data, both uh, in collaboration with other groups like HGMD and Cosmic or our own database, HSMD. But for Omicsoft, it's a constantly growing source of information. And we have over 680,000 manually curated samples divided across several different disease types, divided across human, mouse, and rat data, uh, cancer, non-cancer, everything in between. And ultimately, the way that we manipulate that data, the way that we uh, ensure that data is clean and good to use is we will download the raw data as well as the metadata. For the bulk RNA-seq, we will actually realign everything from scratch and ensure everything is consistently QC'd and normalized so it can be cross-compared. And then the secret sauce is going to definitely be that metadata curation where we are making sure that everything we look at uses controlled vocabulary and uses the same terms and ontologies. So that way, you can cross-search across studies, and even uh, if you're using uh, the API, across LANs. And all of that data can be made available through multiple ways. Today, we're going to be focusing on using the GUI, Omicsoft Studio. So this is definitely a great entry point to using uh, all of this content and seeing what's possible. But in addition, if you happen to be or know a data scientist, uh, you can make them very happy by giving them Python or R access to the same data via SQL query. Or if you happen to be training your own AI models, you can play with the flat files all you want. So with that, let's get into the use case. So as I mentioned, cancer outcome is potentially influenced by both the tumor microenvironment and the host immune response to that tumor. And these responses uh, have been grouped by TCGA into these six subtypes. In addition to coming up with these clusters, TCGA also identified a network of genes potentially regulating these host immune responses. And so in particular today, I'm going to focus on the immunomodulators. 
And so with that in Omicsoft Studio, I wanna start by showing you how to look at all of the samples in TCGA and see what kind of metadata is available, how to separate or group those samples. And then also how to search for all of those genes and find that differential expression. So here, I'm gonna just jump into the software. And I also want to go ahead and introduce just the user interface and getting started. So at first, this is definitely a complex piece of software. There's a lot of buttons, there's a lot of menus. But what I wanna point out is that at the very top, we are looking at this land function. So this is where we can find all of the collections of public data that we've manually curated. And once we've selected uh, a land, so step one would be to go ahead and select a land. In this case, the data that we're interested in looking in uh, is TCGA. After that, we have the ability to either search for genes using the search bar or select different views using the select view bar. So in summary, we're just going to this land tab and then select land. And this is where you can see all of the different collections of data that we've made available. And to start with, we're interested in looking at excuse me, we're interested in looking at TCGA and we're going to look at the latest version of the database, which is B38GC33. And when you select this land, by default, it's going to show you just this distribution of all of the samples that we have. So if we want to change the view, we can always go to this select view menu. So here you can see that we have things like uh, group association. We have the ability to look at statistical comparisons. Uh, but for now, we just wanna look at this initial sample view. And then finally, for these samples, we have metadata. So we have the ability to filter these based on a number of different terms. And these terms can be things like the TCGA disease information, or they can also be things related to clinical data and annotation. So for example, if I wanted to look at uh, TCGA marker paper information for, um, let's say, mutation, this is where I can find a large amount of study information. And if we want to, it's very easy to search for these metadata terms. So first, I currently have all of these cancer samples split by tumor type. But something that I might be interested in doing is changing the coloring of these samples. So if I want to tweak an existing figure in Omicsoft, 
typically that's going to be done on this side in the task tab. And here, this is where I am able to change things like the fill properties. So currently in this menu, I can see that my coloring is filled by sample type. So here in this case, what I want to do is look at the group columns to see and change this from sample type. And this is where, again, I want to take advantage of this search bar. And I'm going to search for uh, immune. And when I search for the term immune, this is where I can see that I have uh, clinical information for immune system disease and uh, various other disease history. I have some sample sets that I previously created regarding brain cancer. And then I also have these host immune uh, response uh, papers. And this is where I can choose either the torsen immune subtype or the ding immune cluster. And in this case, they're actually both extremely similar. So I'm going to go ahead and choose the one from the 2018 immune uh, landscape of cancer paper. And I'm going to choose this immunity 2018 torsen immune subtype. And when I click that, you'll see that the coloring of these columns has changed. So again, just to summarize, we are using the specify group column tool to change this to look at the torsen immune subtype. And when I click on the legend, I can see that I am looking at these immune clusters, cluster one through six, as well as a not applicable category. The next thing that I can do is maybe I want to uh, remove all of the NA samples. I only want to consider TCGA samples where they've taken the time to add this additional curation. So to do that, here, I just have to go back to this left side and go to these filters. So once again, I'm going to search for immune. And when I search the metadata here for immune, you'll see that there are actually quite a few more metadata fields, because this is where we actually have access to some of the numeric values that were acquired. So if I want to be more specific, I can start typing the word subtype. And that will reduce down the metadata to show me this pan-cancer torsen immune subtype. And very easily, I can uncheck missing and I can uncheck not applicable. And that will redo this plot to show us all of the cancer types, how many samples we have, and the color distribution of what those samples are. Finally, I'm going to go to the task tab because there's one last uh, tweak that we can do. So rather than show the sample count, so here 
we're currently using the number of samples in order to plot this. I can change this under the task tab to show percentages instead. And if I click that, this is going to generate this data. And this is where I'm able to recreate the figure from the original TCGA Immune Landscape of Cancer paper. And I can also very easily scroll in and look at the distribution of samples. So here, this is where I want to scroll down to head and neck squamous cell carcinoma. And I can see that the bulk of samples are either going to be this immune cluster one or two. So just to summarize what we did, step one is choosing a land. And today we are looking at TCGA B38GC33, which you'll find in our oncology collection. The next thing is I went ahead and left things as the default sample distribution view, but I went to this task tab to specify the group columns. And this is where I searched for those torsin immune subtypes. The third thing that I did was I filtered these samples to get rid of anything that was not applicable or missing. And then finally, I used the properties to change this to show percentage instead of show sample count. So now that we're here, this is where we can also perform a search for genes. And so if we were interested in looking for a single gene like CCL5, I can just type that in here at the top. You can see that it is pulling up the gene. I can just hit enter to search for it. And that is going to go ahead and search for this individual gene and show me information that's available for it. If I want to search for multiple genes, this is where I would need to go to this advanced button and choose the option to search for multiple genes. And today, when I go to search for multiple genes, the list that I'm interested in pasting is this list of 27 immunomodulators. And for the people who are in the audience, if you want to follow along, I went ahead and pasted that gene list so you can go ahead and perform this search on your own. I went ahead and already performed this, which is going to bring me to this view for all 27 of these genes. And once again, after I do a search, I need to go to select view to choose what data I want to look at. And the views that are available change after we do a gene search. So I want to look at RNA-seq information. So I'm going to select this RNA-seq quantification category. And when I pick this option, this is where I have the option to look at things like the individual gene FPKM. But I also have some slightly more advanced tools. So here. This is where I want to go ahead and select this multi-gene variable view. 
So again, I'm going to go to Select View, Expand RNA-Seq Quantification, and go to Multi-Gene Variable View. And this is going to go ahead and pull up the gene expression information for all 27 of these genes. And because we don't have any filters currently set, it's actually going to do it for every TCGA sample. So the fact that this pulled up this quickly is pretty awesome. So we now have box plots for all cancers and all of these different genes. But as I mentioned, I'm really only interested in uh, head and neck squamous cell carcinoma. So this is where I can go ahead and search for disease. And I have a number of different columns available, but I'm going to choose disease state because that is the uh, universal term that we use across all of our collections. And I can very quickly and easily find head and neck squamous cell carcinoma. And now that I have these specific samples pulled up, the next thing that I want to do is I also want to filter for that immune subtype category. So by choosing the immune subtype metadata from the Torsen uh, 2018 paper, I can go ahead and use this filter button to then just select and highlight cluster one and cluster two. And that will uncheck the remaining options. Now that I'm currently looking at just one tumor type, it doesn't make sense to group the data by tumor type. So this is where I can go ahead and change the grouping to a different value. So because I am explicitly interested in looking at the differential expression between immune cluster one and cluster two, I want to search for the immune subtype and use that as my grouping. And what that has done is you can see we now have blue and green values corresponding to cluster one and cluster two. So here, if you scroll in, you can see that we're looking at every gene and we have all data for that gene plotted. And using the filters, we're only looking at uh, HNSC. So finally, this is where we can have some fun with the task tab. Using the task tab, it's possible to choose both the grouping and subgrouping of each of these box plots using the specify profile columns option. But it is also possible to split one chart into many charts using this trellis function. So to start with, we're going to first specify profile columns. And this is where I want to show you that you can create subgroups for these box plots. The second thing that we'll do is we'll split each of these plots into multiple plots. So that way, 
rather than looking at one box plot, we can look at a box plot for, let's say, each individual gene. Or we can have a separate box plot for each individual cancer, if that's something you're interested in. So first, under specify, profile column. I currently have things colored and grouped by the uh, pan-cancer immunity uh, torsin subtype. So to pick that option, I can go ahead and say I want the group. And the group is going to correspond to the grouping that we just selected. If I highlight group, I can add it to the chart. And so here you can see that I'm going to have gene name. And then after gene name, things are going to be split based on them being either host cluster one or cluster two. So if I hit OK, this is already going to be a useful plot because we are able to look and scroll and see whether or not any of these genes seem to have differential expression. However, this doesn't necessarily give us that instant statistical power. So that's where I want to go ahead and do one other trick. So first, I'm going to go back to the specify profile columns, and I'm going to remove gene name. This seems counterintuitive, because if I only show the group samples, then that means I'm going to have a really weird chart where all genes are shown in either of these two boxes. But again, my goal is to split this data into multiple charts. And to do that, I need to go to this trellis by covariate function. Here, this is where I can select gene name and add that back. So now gene name is going to be controlled and split by this trellis by covariate function. And when I do that, I now have an individual plot for each gene. And you can see that I have 27 different charts. So I can either scroll through each of these charts individually, or if I want to, I can always change this one by one dropdown to something like two by two or three by three. And this will allow me to show multiple samples at the same time. It's also possible for me to change how these profiles are sorted to make sure that I always have cluster one and cluster two in the same position. And this will save us a little bit of space. So here I'm changing the sort to alphabetical. So this way, now everything is cluster one on the bottom or cluster two on the top. Changing this back to two by two, the last thing that I want to do is sort by p-value. So this option is the reason that I wanted to show off this trellis function. Because this ability to instantly sort everything by p-value is incredible. So just by clicking that, I can see that at the top are my most significant differential expressed options 
And at the bottom, I have my least significant genes. And if I want to look at those stats, I can always show summary information. And this will show me the ANOVA p-value. And as you know, if you only have two groups, your ANOVA test for variance is really just pretty much a pairwise t-test. So we can very easily see that these do not have very significant differences. But as we scroll up at the top, we now have significant changes in gene expression. And so the conclusion here is we now have a list of genes sorted by uh, their differential expression. So if you instead are looking at disease versus normal, or you're looking at uh, group one versus group two, you can very quickly find what the biggest differences are. And from that, I can see that CCL5 has significant differential expression. So just to summarize what we've done, step one is we looked at all samples in TCGA. And this is where I introduced you to the view that allowed us to look at the sample counts and change them to overall percentage. And we also used filters to get rid of anything that lacked the host immune response information. The next thing we did is we created this view using the RNA-seq multi-gene variable view. And this is where we were able to choose how do we group these samples, in this case by cluster one or cluster two. We were able to choose what the split was for each individual box plot. And then we were able to choose how to separate the data into multiple box plots. And finally, by sorting by p-value, we're able to see some of the top uh, candidates from our list of immunomodulators for differential expression across the host immune responses. So this was definitely a lot of information to start with. So I wanna stop here to take a moment to see if there are any questions. Thank you, Kyle. Many questions have been coming in and thank you so much to our attendees for keeping this interactive. We will also uh, launch a quick poll to see what you think about the speed of the presentation. And at least for me, more importantly, Kyle shared some wonderful result types that I know for sure are appreciated by other users. What we would like to know is of the of all the result types that Kyle showed earlier on, like which one would be most important to you, especially something that perhaps you are having trouble generating right now with the resources you have. Um, Kyle, in terms of questions, we'll get started with this one. Uh, what is the difference between APKM, RPKM, TPM, which one is better? Now, if you don't wanna go into details, I have pasted the video so they can go into it and like, you know, learn all the nitty gritty, but just quick suggestion perhaps. Uh, yeah, so by default, we use FPKM because we're normalizing everything to the 70th percentile, but there is no right or wrong answer. So I do want to point out that if you prefer to use TPM, what 
I just pulled up was this option under the advanced menu to select use TPM. So by doing that, you'll just switch the entire genome uh, interface to instead use TPM values. But otherwise, uh, it's still the same Omicsoft Studio software. OK, wonderful. Uh, does TCGA, and I'm presuming this is TCGA in Omicsoft Studio, include copy number variation data? Uh, the answer here is yes. So those uh, copy numbers, let's see. There we go. So if you scroll down in the select view section, this is where you can see which copy number information we have. And because we just performed a search for these 27 genes, I can very easily ask questions. Uh, we'll see if this breaks my computer. Ooh, cool. So this is where I'm seeing whether or not there are any copy number variation correlations across any of these uh, individual plots. And as you can see, that answer is clearly there's correlation there, but those are both HLA. Uh, so that's kind of a given. We can pull up just the copy number information by clicking the, the copy number button. And also, because we already have this chart created for cluster one versus cluster two, it's also very easy to then just sort through to see for each of these genes uh, which ones do have those variations. All right, great. Um... And then this is, again, this is another thing. Maybe we can just provide binary answer for now and set up a separate meeting with the requestee. But uh, an attendee is curious, like whether we can identify co-occurring mutations in disease type with your gene type of interest. That answer is, should be yes. Um, I will simply mention quickly that the mutation information is probably going to be under this DNA seq view. But in addition, we also have the ability to go to this analytics and integration analysis tab. And this is where you can choose any sample grouping you want and then ask for all significantly differentially expressed genes or differentially spliced genes or differential copy number genes or which genes have differential mutation between cohort A and cohort B. Right, and uh, because you have asked your question as anonymous, uh, if you have Omicsoft license, then I will even say this, if you send this question to our technical support, which is the email on the very first slide, as early as by tomorrow, they'll send you like step-by-step -step instructions for what Kyle just uh, showed and perhaps another approach as well. Uh, Please continue submitting more questions. I know, Kyle, you have more to cover, so we'll let you cover, and we'll be taking another live Q&A break soon. And for those of you who joined very late, I'll be pasting some links in the chat box. Awesome. Thank you, Dev. And likewise, thank you, everyone. Uh, this really is one of my favorite plots, so this is uh, something that I really do like showing. But there are some other really incredible things in Omicsoft. So the next thing that I'm going to show is 
once you do have a target like CCL5, how do you find genes that correlate or anti-correlate? So this is a great way to generate new candidate biomarkers uh, or things that might be influencing uh, the disease you're looking at. So this is where, again, if I go to this just TCGA page, I can type in that single gene. So here's CCL5 and then hit enter. And that's going to go ahead and search for just the single gene. And when I search for that single gene, this is going to give me the ability to both choose the filters for that single gene as well as select the overall view that I want to look at. And here, this is where I want to take advantage of a very powerful tool in Omicsoft Studio, and that is this integration scan all genes section. So whenever you search for a single gene in Omicsoft Studio, we have this ability to perform instant calculations showing how your gene compares against all genes. And unfortunately, I realize that's a little hard to see on screen, but the idea for your gene versus all genes is if we want to see how expression of your gene compares to expression of all genes, we would pick this first option to look at RNA-seq expression of your gene of interest and see how that influences RNA-seq expression of all genes. The question that came up about copy number variation is especially fun because as you can see, the third option is actually to look at the copy number variation of your gene and then see, does that significantly influence uh, RNA-seq expression of all other genes. So in other words, if you have a copy number change, which genes go up and which genes go down? Or if you have a mutation, which genes go up or down in response to that mutation? But for today, we wanna see RNA-seq expression versus RNA-seq expression. So, after I search for CCL5, you can get these integration scan all genes views. You just have to expand that menu and we're going to pick the first one. And when we click on this option, it will perform this dynamic calculation based on whatever samples are visible on screen. So unfortunately, it means that technically I just pulled that information up for every single TCGA sample, but even then that still loads rather quickly. So at this point, I'm looking to see across all cancers what the correlation scores are. But as I mentioned, I really want to focus just on head and neck squamous cell carcinoma. So under these filters, Again, I'm going to search for disease state and I'm going to pick 
head and neck squamous cell carcinoma. And doing that will actually reload the plot. But now I can see very clearly within these samples, which genes correlate the most with CCL5. And here at the top, I can see that we're looking at lag three. So lag three has the highest correlation followed by SLA2, PRF1, GZMA, so on and so forth. I can also scroll all the way down to the bottom to find things that potentially anti-correlate. And so here, this is where I can see uh, genes with the most anti-correlation. The easiest way to export this list would just be to click this button at the bottom called View Correlation Table. And when you click this button, you have the option to export this into, say, Microsoft Excel. So something that I will frequently do is I will see which genes correlate or anti-correlate for my disease uh, and normal samples of interest. And then I will generate this Excel file to then copy and paste the top 10 and bottom 10 genes, because I'll then immediately want to look at the expression data, or I'll immediately want to find other samples of interest. Here, I do want to show one other thing that we can do to this view that I think is potentially useful. And that is, we're currently looking at just tumor type, but again, we just have this one tumor type. So let's change this to something more exciting. So again, for these tumor type, we can change the grouping to instead be our immune subtype. And when we do that, we can see across all of these same samples, we can show the same plot just with the overall difference in expression of both CCL5 and LAG3. And here we can already see that cluster one wound healing tends to kind of be this cloud that's a little bit lower than cluster two, the IFN gamma dominant immune host response. So this lets us look at how other genes are behaving based on our gene of interest and see which ones correlate. And from that, we picked our candidate of interest, lag three. So the next two plots are going to be looking specifically at lag three. The first plot is one that in the interest of time, I will just very quickly go over because I think this second plot is likely to be uh, much more of interest, which is how does lag three expression influence cancer survival? And to do this, we'll actually be taking advantage of a special feature in Omicsoft Studio. So here, if I change my view, this is where if I wanted to look just at the RNA-seq information, I can go to the basic gene FPKM page. And as you can see, I still have the same grouping 
I still have the same disease state filter. But if I wanted to change these filters back, I can go ahead and show all samples. And you can see we now have all of those immune subtypes. And then we can still do that same trellis by covariate. And here, if I choose to trellis by disease state, that's going to split this into the 33 charts corresponding to the different disease states. And then you can sort by p-value to see where the biggest variations seemed to appear. And then of course, if we filter for immune subtype, we can also make sure that we're only looking at cluster one and cluster two. And then resort by p-value. So let's say that we're looking at this TCGA view and we want to look at the survival data. This is where we can go ahead and go to this select view. And down at the bottom in other views is where we have the survival data. So this survival data, this view is where we can see the distribution of survival based on whatever grouping we set. Currently, I want to make sure that I reset my filters. So I'm actually going to go ahead and hit this manage filter button and reset all filters. And this way I can make sure that I am looking at every single sample because before I filtered out anything I don't have an immune subtype for. So now the other thing that we can do is we can choose to split this chart into multiple charts. And this is where I want to go ahead and trellis by covariate. And here, if I search for the grouping, I can see that tumor type is available. So when I choose tumor type, this is going to split this one chart into these 33 charts. So I can now see the survival curves across all of them. However, at this point, I want to go ahead and have a new layer of, of ways to have these samples displayed. So the way that I can do that is instead, I can go ahead and create what's called a custom query. And to do that, this is where we would go to this dropdown menu called data queries. And when we do that, we have the ability to choose uh, to create, say, an omic data query. You also have the power to uh, combine multiple queries to create intersections and unions. So this is where, under data queries, I'm going to add an omic data query. And this is going to open up this query window where you can essentially choose what data type 
you want the query to be. And then you can select which genes you want to use for the grouping and subgrouping. So again, we do have the ability to do copy number variation, DNA seq mutation, and these other data points. But today we're using RNA-seq expression. So I'm going to highlight the RNA-seq FPKM query option. I'm going to type in the gene of interest, which is lag three. And then I have the ability to choose how do I want to group, how do I want to group these samples? How do I want to split them up? And this is where I'm actually going to choose this option near the bottom that lets me choose the numerical values uh, for separating out samples. So this is where I can go ahead and specifically say that, let's say I want to have the values be 25%, comma, 75%, semicolon, and then I can say low, middle, high. What this will do is it will create three groups. So I'm going to have a group for low expression of lag three. I'm going to have a group for the middle 50% samples. And then finally, I'm going to have a group for the top 25% samples. There is one other important option to select, and that is this discretion uh, for each group. So if we don't apply this option, what will happen is that for all samples visible on screen, in other words, all TCGA samples, it's going to group things based on the 25th and 75th percentile expression, regardless of tumor type. So if the top 25% samples are 100% one cancer type, then that's how it will split out. But if we want this query to also consider the grouping that we have selected at the top, this is where we can go ahead and check this box. And so now, instead, we will have a low, middle, high value for each specific tumor type. At this point, we can give the query a name and then hit OK. So this custom query option gives us the ability to choose custom groupings. And so here you can see that we have the ability to show low, middle, and high expression for lag three. I can get rid of the missing expression samples. I can get rid of the middle samples. And then when I choose this grouping, I'm going to go ahead and also select this lag three tutorial query that I just created. And finally, once I do that, I can choose how do I want to split the samples. 
So currently my grouping is just the lag three low and high expression. So high here is shown in blue, low is shown in green, but this is showing it for every cancer sample. So the final thing would be to split this chart to trellis bicovariate and pick tumor type. So again, we're putting tumor type in to split this into 33 individual charts based on the lag three expression. And we can sort this by p-value so that the largest changes are at the top. Just to make this a little bit easier to see, I'm going to go to this change line properties section to make the width of the line a bit thicker. And then I'm gonna show the summary information. So that way we can see that these first four results are significant. And then as we scroll through, we still have significant differences. But we start getting to the less than significant changes towards the end. So in other words, we can conclude just based on this that lag three expression does seem to significantly influence survival for a number of cancer subtypes. And one of those subtypes happens to be do, 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 almost HNSC. So almost significant, but technically on the other side of the equation. So just to summarize, we went ahead and used TCGA data. So all of the RNA-seq data available to us, and we were able to find which genes out of a list of genes were differentially expressed between tumor uh, or host immune responses, or for that matter, any other grouping of samples. We were able to find correlating expression for this gene of interest to identify other potential candidates. Once we identified that candidate, we can look at its differential expression across different criteria. And we can also split samples based on survival. So here, we are showing the overall survival information and how it changes based on high or low uh, lag three expression. So this is where I finished up with the TCGA portion of the talk. And I want to go ahead and pause again to see if there are any questions. And also on screen, I put a really nice reminder. Uh, yes, this is uh, complex things, but if you want training for anything that we're presenting, or if you want that training to instead be custom and tailored to your use case, just let us know. Thank you, Kyle. And while, you know, we have still more things we want to cover, I do want to take this time to take your feedback based on what you saw today in Omicsoft Studio, Lance, you know, is this something that can be valuable to you? Um, in terms of 
question, what came was more of an enhancement request about making TPM default. And I have just suggested to the user that uh, we will uh, let the product manager know. In terms of um, like support, Kyle, right? Like what would be the best method for an attendee over here if they want to request a specific training? That is a great question. I would say that the best method to request a specific training would honestly be to contact you. But they can also contact either myself or Kartik. And all three of us will make sure to route your request to the correct group and to then, you know, get cracking. And I was asking this on behalf of the attendees because at least, you know, as fast, my experience has been, and I know this is a feedback perhaps similarly provided by you and others, like some views, people learn real quick, right? Like the views that you showed earlier on about, uh, you know, expression views, perhaps manipulate that to other type of views. But then sometimes for some of the other complex queries, such as, you know, finding out co-mutations and whatnot, it is like series of steps. And this is where we would really like to uh, emphasize that you have plenty of supports uh, with Kaijin. We have field scientists, we have technical scientists. So uh, please do reach out to us. And then another thing that Brittany, who is one of our uh, account managers here, kindly pointed out is keep in mind that our sales team is also here to serve you. So if you have existing license or if you're like on trial, then please reach out to your sales rep, please, please reach out to Bioinformatics Sales, and we can also set up like custom demos and custom trainings for you guys. Another question that oftentimes comes for Omicsoft is what about users' own data? You know, what are their options for that? That is a great question. Uh, the answer is all of the tools that we use to process public data, you can also perform on your own data. However, that is a little bit beyond uh, what we're covering in today's training. So my recommendation would be to uh, go to some of these previous recordings and check out these Omicsoft Studio resources. In addition to the uh, RNA-seq analysis section, we also have a web portal for getting started. And if you are using the software, the analysis tab at the top, this is where you would analyze your own data versus looking at public data, which is done in the land tab. And a small thing I'll add here is there are a lot of commercial accounts who just either want us to analyze their data and provide them with the results or want us to create custom lands for their data set. So imagine someone having 1,000, 5,000, 10,000 RNC samples, and they want to create like their own custom lands. So again, for that, I'm pasting the services link in the chat box. Now, through the polls, we, again, really appreciate your feedback. And it's really good to see that over 90% found this uh, uh, presentation so far valuable, extremely valuable. There were a few who had perhaps less favorable opinion, like very few. And for those of you, if there's something you're waiting for, something you're expecting, please let us know in the chat box and we will do our best to either go uh, through that today or provide you with some resources as a follow-up. With that, back to you, Kyle.
Awesome. Thank you, Dev. And I know that a lot of you, uh, based on your feedback so far, are in fact waiting for the single cell data and especially this overlay expression data across these uh, cell maps. So I'll go ahead and jump uh, into that as quickly as possible. So the first view that I have is showing how to look across, uh, whether it's one gene or multiple genes, uh, assessing expression. And in this case, this is giving us the ability to look at the percentage of cells expressing for different cell types. And then from there, if we pick an individual gene, we can also pull up uh, these cell maps, whether it's in a specific disease or if we want to focus on uh, some other criteria. And just as easily, we can always search for multiple genes and show uh, those same uh, expression information over the same clusters. So here, I'm going to go ahead and go back to Omicsoft and get into that single cell data. So in order to look at single cell data, we do have to go back to this select land button because this is where we can choose the collection that we are interested in. Before we were looking at TCGA, B38, GC33, but now instead we can focus on this single cell land collection. And this is where we have some really useful things like this human cell landscape land at the top, which is great for normal uh, single cell data. And then we have our human and mouse collections uh, based on whether or not the data was obtained with unique molecular indices. In other words, all you really need to know is that these top two have 10x genomics information. So if I go to select land, I can choose human UMI B38GC33, and that's going to pull up this view where we can look at all of the single cell data available. And you can see that once I remove this disease state filter, doop, doop, doo. Once I remove that filter, my computer is going to crash. So that is always a good sign. There we go. In any case, we could look at the distribution of samples that are available, but I think at this point, I wanna go ahead and just jump into this search right away. And this is where instead of searching for multiple genes, I already know that I would perhaps want to start with CCL5. So I have CCL5 selected and already searched for. I also know that I might be interested in looking at lag three, which I'll pull up in a moment. So when I search for CCL5, this is where I have different views available because I'm looking at single cell data. And in particular, for the single cell RNA-seq quantification, we have these top three options to look at that data. 
And that will allow us to look at the percentage of cells expressing view, which is the view that I currently have open. We can look at the gene expression based on uh, reads per million, or we can go ahead and perform that cell map expression overlay. So currently we're looking at the cells expressing. And this is where I can go ahead and reset the filters to make sure that I'm looking at the data for all samples. And you can see that across the Omicsoft collections, we have a lot of different cell types. So under this metadata, this is where you can choose to filter based on either the cell cluster or the sample or the project. And if I'm filtering by samples, this is where I can filter by that disease state and make sure that I'm focusing just on the uh, disease that I'm interested in, which is going to be this head and neck squamous cell carcinoma. And once I filter for just HNSC, this is where I can see the cell types that are available for my gene of interest. And I can see overall uh, which cells uh, seem to be expressing uh, this gene the most. And in this case, it's NK cells and cytotoxic T cells. And if I wanted to search for lag3, I can go ahead and type in lag3 and hit enter. And this is going to pull up the same view. And once that view pulls up, we'll be able to see whether or not CCL5 and lag3 seem to overall across multiple studies uh, be expressed in those similar cell types. And if not, what the differences seem to be. Once that has finished loading, the way to pull up the uh, cell map uh, view, the dimension reduction map, is to select view and choose that third option. And that will enable us to go ahead and view the expression overlay, as well as view any of the other metadata annotations for any of the individual experiments that have been uh, annotated within our collection. So here, I'm just waiting for this lag3 expression information to get sent back. It already has finished. It's just finishing up compression. I'll give this 10 more seconds. Okay, so instead of showing lag3 expression, what I'm instead going to do is I'm going to choose the select view, and I'm going to go straight to this cell map expression overlay view. And this is going to pull up any of the experiments that have information 
for this particular set of samples. And in this case, because I filtered for HNSC, currently the information that's available is entirely from this GSE 139324 study. So if I want to load this information uh, a bit more closely, I can go ahead and change this two by two dropdown to a one by one. And this is where in this task tab, I can go ahead and change whether or not I'm looking at the color by uh, expression overlay, or I can choose this color by profile column option. And this color by profile column option is going to show exactly what the cell types are uh, by default. And so this way, if I wanted to scroll into any of these individual clusters, I could then attempt to select just clusters that I'm interested in. and see what experimental details I can pull up for those clusters. So here, for example, I selected this group of B cells. I can see that the overall project detail, again, is going to be this particular uh, HNSCC experiment. We have the geo information. We have all of the available clinical metadata for all of the individual samples. And we also have the ability to look at just the individual cluster details where we have the cell IDs and sample IDs that they came from. If I want to, I can go to task and then specify profile column to choose other uh, specific uh, pieces of information. So for example, if there happens to be relevant uh, clinical information for these samples, that would also be possible to list. So for example, if I go ahead and choose the age column, I noticed that that was one of the clinical metadata fields. Uh, in this case, age years is the field that I would need to choose. If there happen to be clustering differences based on uh, that age of the individual donor, that's something that could be checked. And then switching this back to color by expression, this is where I'm going to go ahead and hit this color by expression button. And if I go back to the legend, this is where I can also click on this scale and right click and change color. And at this point, this is where I can choose lower uh, values to increase the contrast of the plot. So for example, if I change the high value to 25,000, and then I change the middle value to uh, 12,500, that will help make this plot a bit easier to see. And then the final thing that I'll point out is that it is possible to change 
how you select these individual cells. So your normal mouse click will draw a box, but if you happen to use your right click instead, you can draw a lasso around the cells that you're interested in. So here, I'm going to try to draw a lasso around this cluster one more time. And this way, once you've selected these individual clusters, you can always create individual sample sets for those clusters and specifically compare and contrast one group of clusters versus another. Since I'm in this view, I am going to try to search for lag three one more time. There we go. And this is where we can, because we're looking at the plot in these two different tabs, we can quickly and easily compare and contrast going back and forth to see which ones uh, seem to have different, uh, different expression. And as I showed in the slide, um, they do have overlapping expression for many of the samples. Um, for many of the clusters, but not all. In particular, the areas where the uh, differences are most noticeable once I change the colors to be higher contrast. When looking uh, back and forth between these two views, I can see that the expression is very similar for this particular portion of the plot. But this portion of clusters on the fringe are expressing CCL5, but not lag3. So again, this is where I'm just circling this section and showing that these clusters on the outside are not expressing lag three. We also have a few clusters near the bottom that express lag three, but not CCL5. But otherwise, this would be the overlapping region. So getting back to the slides, I just wanna go ahead and quickly summarize uh, what we looked at today, which again was looking at immunomodulators and finding out whether or not a new 
biomarker, lag3, was differentially expressed across host immune subtypes, whether or not it affected survival, and then whether or not it co-expressed in similar cell clusters. So the final slide, in addition to this contact information, I also want to pull up one other location of information that I think is very useful to leave on screen. And that is where to find additional documentation for what's present in each of these lands. And the place to go in Omicsoft Studio is if you go to the help menu, we have these release white papers. And this is where you can find very detailed information for what's present across all of the oncology lands, all of the human disease or mouse and rat disease lands, and also what's present in these single cell lands. Where did the data come from and uh, how is it processed? And with that, I will go ahead and pause and see, are there any final questions? Uh, thank you, Kyle. So Chris webinar was focused on, oh, by the way, before I forget, uh, there is a survey monkey link in the chat box. We would really appreciate your feedback, something that you might have liked about the training, something you think we should add in future trainings, things of that uh, nature. So today's uh, presentation was focused a lot on oncology, right? And in crowds like these, my general impression is, you know, people are sometimes also interested in other diseases, diseases like cardiovascular, diabetes, infectious diseases, inflammatory diseases. So this is something you briefly covered earlier on, but I am just wondering, like, what are the options for people who are uh, interested in things that are not oncology? That's a great question. Um, so the first thing that I will point out is that we do have our disease land collection, and this is going to be a collection of studies in geo and SRA uh, for human mouse and rat diseases, as well as some uh, more generally applicable uh, consortia experiments like the Lynx project. So this human disease collection is hundreds of thousands of human samples uh, with all kinds of different diseases, all cross searchable uh, based on the metadata that's been carefully annotated. So I think that is a great place to start. But in addition, if you're also looking for good sources of normal control information, I mentioned the human cell landscape as a potentially useful single cell control option. But for bulk RNA-seq, we also have Blueprint and GTEx. Blueprint is great for immune normal controls, and GTEx is a really nice resource for solid tissue. Okay. Um, I think in terms of questions, uh, we answered a lot of them earlier on, and that's all I see and can think of. And to our attendees again, you know, if you guys have further questions, feel free to paste in Q&A box. We'll stick around for one more minute to make sure that if someone is typing questions, then we answer before we end the call. And if not, as we mentioned repeatedly, you have many options, Kyle, myself, technical support, uh, our sales team, we can all help you out uh, for your technical as well as licensing related questions. So with that, I want to 
give a quick thank to all of you for attending today's training. Uh, Kyle, for generating this wonderful uh, training with so many different use cases. Uh, Brittany, for sticking around and helping with sales-related questions as well as suggestions. And we really hope to see you guys in future trainings.